Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World Series of Politics, where Brendan Bussman and Brant I race through the turn on key legislative and regulatory developments around the gaming world. As these two come up to the green flag, let's get into this race for expansion and opportunity for the industry to grow until we hit the checkered flag on another episode of the World Series of Politics. Hello, sports fans. Welcome back to another World Series of Politics podcast. I'm your host, Brent Iden, along with my wonderful co-host and very good friend, Mr. Brendan Bussman from Be Global. And we have got one heck of a show for you. This is our election preview special. And uh, there is so many exciting things going on out there in the world of elections, obviously, in the U.S., uh, midterms are next week, and uh, boy, we've got a lot of exciting things that that will definitely draw the line for how gaming looks for the future and into next session as we look at states. Brandon, what's going on out there? Well, Brant, first and foremost, always a pleasure to get back in touch with you. Always enjoy our podcast. Uh, it's one of the highlights I have uh, and normalizes everything for me as much as we're somewhat normal and not normal uh, over that, but you know, this is always an exciting one to go through and do as it relates to predictions. And, you know, personally, I'll say this. It's glad to be back in the saddle as it comes to predictions. My uh, 2020 predictions never saw the light of day, due in part to a host of uh, host of issues that, that I, I won't necessarily bring up. But hopefully that communist regime is gone and we're moving on forward. So uh, it's excited to be back and, and talk about how... Uh, you know, our elections, both at the federal and the state level, uh, matters when it comes to gaming. Absolutely. And and we're going to jump right in uh, to the U.S. But first, let's close the loop on uh, Brazil, uh, Brandon, yeah. because, you know, I got to bring it up. Uh, you know, you and I obviously were, were on the other side of the coin on this one. We didn't get this one right. Uh, the new president, Lula da Silva, uh, beating out the incumbent Bolsonaro there, uh, you know, a very, very close election. I think a final tally I saw was 49.1 Bolsonaro to 50.6 Lula da Silva. Um, a couple things on that. A, what do you think happened there? What do you think this means for gaming? Well, you know, I think the bigger question as it relates to gaming, I, I just want to say I think everybody I've talked to post-election off of this you know, has said it, it probably things throws things into flux. I think the one thing we knew with Bolsonaro was, you know, hey, he was going to do something on this, whether it was sports, whether it was also sports and casino, integrated resorts, whatever that was, there was at least a path forward with Lula, which, yes, he's, he's the incoming president, but he's also the former president um, over everything. You know, it, I think it becomes a lot more questions over how does this shape up and what does it look like? There's also, you know, the, the conundrum of, of what happens post-election being as close as it was. Um, all I have to say is, uh, you know, I know we were on the wrong side of this, but I think it shows uh, the polling going into Election Day uh, versus the results coming out. Pollsters out there are still 3 to 4% off on That's some right. of these cases off of it. You know, I, I, I at this point want my future to be either as a weatherman or a pollster because no matter how much I'm wrong, people still keep paying me. So <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. But, you know, the other thing off of that, and this goes to another international thing that I think we need to touch off of is how many prime ministers can the United Kingdom have in the course of uh, a year? 
Um, and obviously that's delaying gaming. Is it potentially delaying gaming in the report that's supposed to come out uh, from the DCMS as it relates to the future of gaming in the UK? Any, any thoughts on that uh, political conundrum? Well, you know, I was thinking I could move to the UK because I know they're, they're going to be running through prime ministers here. So I figured I could put my name in the hat. I know they were looking for people. Uh, they did. They obviously new prime minister. Um, and, and this does absolutely delay uh, the gaming white paper that we've been waiting on and waiting on. Um, a lot of issues, as we know, that the, that the prime minister has to jump into as it relates to inflation, certainly uh, experiencing that like we are in the UK, uh, here in the US, um, energy crisis over there. There's a lot of things the PM has got to take on. And I think that unfortunately, this just means that that gaming white paper is only going to be further delayed as we uh, get into 2023, in my opinion. Well, and, and I couldn't agree with you more off of that. You know, the one thing I will say, and obviously neither of us have a vote, uh, but I will tell you there's one guy I would support over you as it relates to prime minister. And I, I, think, it's, and I think it's it's the best advertisement I saw heading into it, uh, which, is, which is Rick Astley, because he's never <laughs> going to give you up, never going to let you down never going to turn around or desert you. So, you know, <laughs> say what you want to about your potential uh, candidacy for a future prime minister. You've got a, you got a standard up there. You've got to uphold. So that's a good um, point. That's a good point. Know. I did see that campaign. That was good. I like that. One. Yes. Yes. Um, let's dive into the U S obviously there's been a few updates, some of which may or may not come in to uh, the foray as it rates to the elections, but Let's first talk about our wonderful swampland called the District of Columbia and how they may or may not be trying to reform sports betting. Well, you know, that was exciting to see. Obviously, we know that there has been issues with sports betting in the district. Uh, consumers are unhappy with, in particular, I want to focus on the mobile component. Obviously, we know we've got the retail locations, uh, but people aren't happy with the mobile. And I know that the uh, city council's been hearing about this. Uh, I obviously follow social media and other sites where people are constantly uh, uh, hammering the uh, lottery corp as to how bad this is. We know through the audit that happened last year, there's been significant issues and they've lost money, uh, which is also problematic. And so what's what we see there is we see uh, a new uh, piece of legislation there from the commission that's been introduced to open this up to commercial operators um, and honestly, I think that that's, uh, that that's great. I think that that'd be good for the district. I think that the competition there would be good. Whenever we see competitive markets uh, get involved, I think that that's, uh, that's always been good for the industry as we've seen. Well, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, it's one of those that, you know, following all those same things, people aren't happy with the product in the District of Columbia. And obviously, you know, you'll have more competition as Maryland comes online here too. But you know, the premise of where D.C. is at today um, comes down to it got set up in the wrong parameters, whether it was based off of the, the parameters of giving it to the lottery out of the gate, how we got to those parameters and, and the limited spectrum in which they looked at this over the course of time. You know, it got you to where it's at, where you've got to sit there and say, we've got to build a better model off of this to be able to do it. So yet to be determined on how that all looks and what they can and can't get accomplished. But, you know, there's a ton of opportunity for gaming, not only if they can rejigger uh, the district uh, and what that looks like, but obviously Virginia has a lot of issues. And we've seen some recent things come out from JLARC as it relates to the land-based study there. Any, any insight you have off of that? 
Well, it is going to have. That's interesting that you mentioned that because as we talk about that, that's also going to further put pressure on on uh, the district, and so that's that's interesting because I do believe that that's going to force. Uh, you know, the commissioners there, the council members there in the district to, to maybe do something about this, which I think would be good for consumers in the long run. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and one state before I, you know, I think we jump into to looking at uh, some of this a lot more as it relates to the election that, that we were missed talking about, that there's been a ton of activity still within that Northeast corridor from going up from the mid-Atlantic up, up into Massachusetts is, uh, you know, they're still debating how this is all going to look and when a, a, a full retail and a full online launches and, and who uh, who all the stakeholders are going to be. You know, it, for those that are haven't necessarily been following it over the course of time, where does this end up and how does this all land? I think everything points to 23 at this point. But, um, you know, it's sort of disappointing we're going to wait that long for a bill that passed in July. I agree. I think that we're still on track. If I had to handicap this, we'll see retail rollout uh, before the mobile component. I know some operators made some comments about that at the last meeting, some disappointment seeing that happen. Uh, but I do think that that's something that the commission's going to stick with because those retail operations are, for the most part, ready to go. Uh, and, you know, I'm optimistic that we could see potentially. Um, those retail books launched by, you know, hopefully NFL playoffs. Uh, I don't know that it could be that soon, but I'd like it to be that soon, obviously, there. Uh, just taking a look at, at because the bill was passed so long ago, again, that extended timeline, it'd be great if we could if we could get up and, and, and at least start start taking wagers in, in mass. But as you say, they will continue uh, – in my opinion, they will continue to debate this for some time. There's been a lot of um, – there seems to be some, some some controversy maybe among some of the members, uh, and and I think that that leads to some what I've seen uh, some some very long and lengthy commission meetings. No, it it has been a long and lengthy process. Um, one of which you know uh, has has needed a good debate over some of these issues, um, partially on how the bill was crafted, and you know I I, I attribute part of this going. Um, this is partially what happens when you don't have a clean and crisp bill coming out of out of uh, the legislative process. And this is what happens when we all woke up on that day on, on that Monday and went, oh, hey, there's something that actually passed. Uh, you know, that's, that, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, so much of this was left to the commission. It creates some of these issues. You make a great point there. Yeah, no, off of that. So let's dive into the election. Um, I want to make sure we have enough time to cover everything. All eyes are on, uh, you know, the state to the west of me uh, in California um, in the most expensive ballot campaign probably ever, um, at least ever to date. Who knows if it will be over the course of time. But how does this all shape up? Give me the lay of the land as it relates to 26 and 27 heading into November 8th. Massive, massive amount of spend on this. You're absolutely right. Um and uh, you know, nothing has really changed in the past two or three weeks there. I think, you know, even though uh, we, what we've seen is that uh, the supporters of Proposition 27 have come off the air for the most part in terms of TV spend, which is obviously that media market, very expensive. It really hasn't moved the needle much from what I'm seeing on 26. Uh, 26 has certainly picked up some more favorables coming into, uh, you know, now uh, a week out from Election Day. Um, 
but I still believe that neither of these uh, get over the threshold. Um, and I still think we end up right back where we were before with this, uh, with um, having to figure out what comes next in California, which is certainly isn't going to be easy. But I do believe that we are probably headed for both of these propositions uh, failing uh, on Election Day. Uh, you agree there? What do you think? You know, I, I well, I would agree with you that, you know, you've seen 26 pick up a little bit. Uh, as I was talking with somebody earlier, um, this is probably bigger than a Doug Flutie Hail Mary at Boston College uh, to, to get this done, borrowing uh, the sports analogy uh, over everything. And, and, you know, I've been a, a longtime standing guy saying, hey, when you have two competing ballot initiatives on the same ballot, voters get confused and you know, the ad spend and some of these other things didn't help that over the course of time. You know, I mean, I remember sitting in California um, a couple times as I've been there over the last few months and I turn on the TV and I'm like, well, who stands for what? And granted, I know what the hell's going on over all this. But when push comes to shove, you sit there and go, who's really, you know, on this side or that side? What does each one do? So I completely understand how voters are confused. That said, where, where you know, you say, where do we go from here? And obviously, we can talk about this, and we'll, I'm sure we'll debate it later. The problem you have out here is you've put hundreds of millions of dollars behind no off of this. And that doesn't go away from voters' minds That's on November 9th. And you've got to get over that, not just as an industry to figure out where that is, but you now got to tell voters, hey, this is okay, and there's an ability to do this and do it the right way. So, you know, I, I think this is a longer haul than people probably expect. And, you know, I don't see a, a wait like we saw with what happened with iGaming back in, in uh, 2010, that before you debate gaming on a statewide level, it's another dozen years. But, uh, you know, we've got some hard feelings. We've got to work through and some issues as an industry. I agree. I agree. Well, let's quickly move over to Texas uh, as we work our way to the east. Obviously, Texas is going to be uh, a lot of discussion in Texas in 2023 as the legislature meets. Look in there. I'm, I'm following that. I do believe that uh, Governor Abbott's going to come back there. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that at this point in time, um, which I don't know what that means for our chances. I know the governor's come out and he said he'd like to have further discussion about gaming. Uh, so what does that mean? But uh, thoughts on that? You know, I, I think as it relates to Texas, and I've been around Texas for a long time trying to get this done, um, you know, the issue becomes are we debating one or two issues, and are those one is one issue, or is it sports betting casinos? And I think that's where they've got to come to, you know, where Abbott may or may not come to terms and say, hey, I'm for this, I'm against it. You've got the lieutenant governor that's also going to play a role in this. Um, and depending on who it is, it's not just, who the industry wants as potential casino operators and sports bettors in there. You've got the teams and, and the tribes, whether they're in state or just to the North in Oklahoma that all want to be players in this, uh, in one of the largest States that, you know, has a huge following when it relates to sports betting. Um, one of which, you know, is, is in the world series right now. And we'll have to see how, uh, you know, that all shakes out for betters. 
Well, I know what I know what Mattress Mac is thinking there. That's for sure. Yeah, so, I, know. Uh, I know we're running up against the clock. Let's talk about Georgia. Obviously, I've been following Georgia closely. Uh, we've been watching gaming bills come through the Georgia legislature the past two or three cycles now. I believe Governor Kemp is headed for re-election there, um, and what that means for gaming. I think it means that we're going to continue conversations. I'm optimistic that sports can get done this year in Georgia. I think it's the same that you mentioned, though, with Texas. Is it just become sports or does it become sports and integrated casinos in some respect? Uh, and I think that that may derail potentially some of the conversation there as we've seen the past couple of sessions. Thoughts on that? Well, and I, I would agree with you. It's still going to be on there. It's going to be on the agenda in 23. It's going to be on the agenda as it relates to 24. Uh, if they don't get it done in 23, um, the the question is, and I look at recent polling that casinos actually fared better than sports betting in the latest poll, um, which, That's you know, right. I'd love to, I'd love to see the cross tabs on that because it's one that I wasn't necessarily expecting, but with sports betting, if you take that poll at face value, and this goes back to my comment on pollsters in general, and, and obviously they're trying to do their jobs the best they can is it all depends on how that question was framed that you could end up in a situation here where you've got, you know, sports betting right now at face value underneath 50%. That doesn't bode well for the ballot. It's hard to build that up above 50 when you're below it already and you haven't died the death of a thousand cuts of an anti-campaign that we know is going to happen. Um, it just depends on which stakeholders doing it. That's right. That's right. Well, with a couple oh. of political geeks like us, we can talk about elections all day long. I know we're running over our time. Parting yep. shots on the federal government, uh, federal house, Senate. What are you seeing out there? I think the numbers are trending towards Republicans as we sit a week out from election day. From what I'm seeing across the country, we've talked a lot about polling and what that looks like. But I think it's going to be very close uh, in both the House and the Senate. Final thoughts, Brendan. I think it's going to be very close right now based off of what I'm seeing. I think the House turns red. I put the Senate as a push. Um, you know, I sit in Nevada where the one of those, you know, it's going to come down to turnout. Uh, and obviously it's going to come to town to turn out in a lot of states. So we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll obviously re, uh, recap about it on our next episode uh, post-election. But before that, uh, or right around there, we've got a webinar coming up right after the election where we get the band back together, as we like to refer to it. Um, and uh, look uh, look on the uh, iGaming Business uh website and emails guys you're going to be getting an invitation to a webinar post-election uh from what we refer to as the political band uh and we will promise more cowbell this time like we've never done before so uh with that it's always a pleasure brant to get together with you and look forward to our next episode and seeing how the election turns out it's going to be very exciting folks thanks for joining us on another episode of the world series of politics podcast and we will catch you on the flip side after the elections. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Eichen. We'll be back at the starting line very soon. This has been an IGV production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.